Thank you, Father, for this beautiful morning. And we do give our worship, Lord. We do give our praise to you because it is due you and you alone. You are the one who has given us uh, everything that we have. And it is to you that we are grateful. As we look into your word, Lord, would you uh, speak to us, tender tones, bringing us back to yourself, restoring and rekindling that love that once burned bright and clear for many who have lost it. For those who are clinging on to you as we go through tough times, Lord, I pray that you would speak just the correct word, just the right word into our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, if you're with us, uh, if you have a Bible, uh, would, you, would you turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter 2, verse 7? And I want to look at uh, seven verses there, seven, eight verses. Okay, 1 John chapter 2 verses 7 onwards. Allow me to read that passage of scripture so that we can get a little bit of an overview of the whole passage. Uh, beloved, I am writing uh, a new command. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old co commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away. And the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Verse 12, I'm writing to you little children. I'm writing to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing to you fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I'm writing to you children, because you know the father. I write to you fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I, I write to you young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. What a beautiful passage of scripture. But it can get confusing if we are not, uh, if we're not, uh, you know, if we're not keeping track of, of, of the circles in which John seems to go over here. Now, you can't go into this passage without revisiting the last verse before that passage. That is verse 6. Jesus has just talked about having, uh, John has just talked about having Jesus as an advocate in heaven. And whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandment is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his, uh, keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know, I'm in verse five, by this we know that we are in him. By this we know we are in him. So the, the theme that John is trying to pull out here is the marks, the evidence, the signs of someone who is well and truly grafted into Christ. I repeat, the signs of well and truly grafted in Christ. Uh, a life that's in the light will show these things. You can't fake it. You can't fake being in the light. This is not something that's being told to the believer to do. This is informing the believer that this is what living in the light will look like. So that if you find that your life is not like that, then you come into the light. Everything else will fall in place. You need to know that you are not, these are signs of, in my life that are not life in the light. Uh, these, are, these are words, these are ways of thinking that are not life in the light. 
these are actions, these are attitudes that are not life in the light. And as soon as I realize that, I'm like, oh, darkness seems to have crept in. I need to go back and live in the light, live in the, in the, in the, in the open uh, view of God's uh, thing of my life. And if there's a problem in our life, if there's an issue, if there's sin, if there's, why don't we go back to verse 7 of chapter 1. And we say, if we walk in the light as he is light, we have fellowship with one another. We go back and we ask for forgiveness. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is first. So there's a process of constantly returning back to living in the light. So verse 6, drop with me to verse 6. Whoever says he abides in him, right? That's, that's the premise here. That's the argument. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked, right? So you can, only, uh, you can only expect that John is now going to go into some area of life as an example of what life is like in the light. What life is like in the light. So he goes into verse 7 where he says, Beloved. When he says the word beloved, and John uses that word a lot, he uses the word brother a lot. So you know that he's talking to believers. You know he's talking to the family. He's not talking to the unregenerate. He's not talking to those who do not have the Holy Spirit who don't have the wherewithal to create, uh, to, to, to walk in the light. He's not talking to those who are, who are dark, uh, in the dark and, uh, and don't know the light. So, beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, uh, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. Now, John's just pretty, pretty much saying that uh, I'm asking you to, I'm giving you a new commandment, but actually, it was an old commandment uh, that's kind of renewed. What is new about it? Now you have the Spirit of God living in you, making it possible to do what the Old Testament saints could never have done. So the commandment to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself was always, it was always there. It's the Ten Commandments. But now the love of God is seen in my fellowship with Christ. The obedience to God is seen in my fellowship with Christ. Now the possibility, the potency of this obedience is far greater. So the commandment is kind of old, but it's being brought to you afresh with the affirmation that you can do it. It is possible and it is, it is especially possible for believers. Here we are in verse 7. But an old commandment that you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word. It is the word that you have heard. And this word is the gospel. This word is about Jesus. This word is about the truth. At the same time, it is a new commandment, right? So it's an old commandment, but in, in, in the same time, it's a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and is true in you. Why? Because the darkness is passing away and true light is already shining. The darkness is passing away and true light is already shining. Because this is happening, then you can walk in the light. Because this is happening, you can take this commandment up again, even though you failed at it before or it didn't work for you before. You can give it another shot. You can actually forgive your brother. You can actually live in love with your brother. You can actually care for your family. For, you can actually forgive your enemies because of this one thing. What? That the darkness is passing away. See, if, because we don't quickly get this, we very quickly pass over these verses. And here's where the secrets lie. 
the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Okay, verse 8. The darkness is passing away and true light is already shining. So what is being done in the dark is also passing away. What is being lived in the light will remain forever. You got that whole feeling and sense of shifting from a life in the darkness to a life in the light, shifting from attitudes in the darkness to attitudes in the light. Whoever is in the light, here we are. Here's the argument. Here's the presentation. Verse 9. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother. Aha! Now let's get down to brass time. Let's get down to where the rubber meets the road here. Let's talk business. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. Verse 9. Whoever says he's in the light but hates his brother is still in darkness. Now he's not talking about salvation. He's not talking about salvation. He has already addressed you as beloved. He's already addressing you as brothers. But he's saying your salvation is in heaven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But your attitude and your lifestyle is still from the dark world. It's still from a world where the light has not shined. Who is the light? Jesus. Who is Jesus? The truth. What is the truth? That you are sinful, that you are forgiven, that you are cared for, that you are given a covering of mercy, that, you are, uh, that your shame has been taken away, your curse has been nailed to the cross. That's the truth. Okay? Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness, which means you're still walking as if you don't see. Okay? So when I hate my brother, the question I need to ask myself is, what am I not seeing? What am I not seeing? What am I missing here? Because of which I'm not able to love my brother as if I were in the light. So there is a vision issue. There's not a heart problem issue. There's a vision issue. There's a memory issue. There's a matter of I'm not seeing something. And if I was to see that, if that, if that was to be in front of me, if that was between, supposed to be between, in, in front of my eyes, I will be able to love even the ones I hate. And he's not talking about enemies. He's talking about brother, those who hate a brother. So you're like, that's a bit rough. That's a bit harsh. Why would I hate a brother? I don't hate anybody because we are all such lovely people and we don't hate anybody, right? So you need to stop and ask the question, why does the Bible and why do the apostles use the word, even Jesus, use the word love and hate so much? And what do they mean by it? Okay. So if I was to gauge the two words, love and hate, love is to know something. It is to know the truth. It is to know the reality. It is to know the light. Love is to know what it means to be loved, to be forgiven. And it is also sacrifice. So love is an active verb, active verb. Love is an action word. Love is selflessness, not in the Gandhian sense, but in the Christ-like sense, where I don't just, dis, where I don't just, uh, uh, deface myself, but I preface Christ and I give, put Jesus first and I step back. Okay. So love is to know and love is to sacrifice. Love is to know, know the will of God, 
know the love of God, know the promises of God, know my position in God, know the truth of, of, of who I am in Christ, know how much I'm forgiven, know how much I'm loved, know how much I've been covered, know how much I've been taken care of, know how much I've been covered for. Okay. And to sacrifice, to sacrifice myself, to sacrifice my vision, uh, my, my, uh, my uh, dreams, to sacrifice my desires or my ambitions. Okay. So love is to know how much I'm forgiven, etc., etc. Love is to sacrifice some what is precious to me in order to love the person. Okay, if that's love, are you with me so far? If that's love, then what is hate? Hate is the opposite of that, right? So hate is to ignore. If love is to know, then hate is to ignore what you know or what you should know. Hate is to not know. Ignore also comes from the word no, no or no score or no knowledge of, right? To, to, to act like you don't know. So hate is to ignore and hate is to not sacrifice. Hate is to not sacrifice. So when Jesus in the next passage in, in verse 15 of the same, of the same uh, chapter, he says, do not love the world. He says, I want you to hate your, your mother and your father and your brother and your sister in comparison to me. I want you to uh, uh, hate the world. Do not love the world. What does it mean, right? He's not talking about going around with a, with, a, with a gun and shooting everybody. He's not talking about destroying and blowing up everybody. He's not talking about violence and destruction. He's talking about the opposite of love. The opposite of love is I will not, I will not, I will, I will ignore what I know. I will ignore what I know. And I will, uh, uh, to hate is to ignore what you know and to not sacrifice for that person. So to hate uh, your brother is to not be willing to sacrifice yourself for him. Sacrifice your convenience for him. I'm going to say it again. To hate your brother doesn't mean to kill him. To hate your brother is to not want to know what God has done for you. To not want to know what God has in store for this relationship. To hate your brother is to not sacrifice something in order to love him or to care for him. It is to hold back sacrifices. So love is sacrificial. Hate is holding back sacrifice. I'm not going to sacrifice for you. So when God says, do not love the world, it means don't sacrifice what is truly valuable for the world. It's not worth it. Don't sacrifice your joy, your communion with God. Don't sacrifice your peace for, for the things of the world. That's what it means to hate the world. It doesn't mean hate unbelievers. You get what I'm saying? It doesn't mean turn your back on unbelievers. You live in the world, but don't be off the world. To hate the world. So if you're understanding the word hate and love, the way it's being used here, to hate means to not sacrifice what you would normally sacrifice if you loved somebody. So don't lose your peace don't sacrifice your joy. Don't sacrifice your eternal fellowship with God. Don't sacrifice your usability, your, 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 your uh, trackability with the Holy Spirit, uh, your, your fruit-bearing ability. Don't sacrifice all of that for a stupid relationship, for a stupid career, for a stupid uh, pursuit, for a dream that's going to disappear, for a relationship that's not going anywhere. Don't sacrifice yourself. Hate the world. That's what it means to hate. 
And living in the light means to hate what is in the darkness because you're not willing to sacrifice or give anything for something that does not come into the light. That's the, that's the essence of what we're not talking about emotions. We're talking about what will I sacrifice for and what will I not sacrifice for? What will I give up myself for and what will I not give up myself for? And for the world, for the things of the world, for the things that are not in the light, for the ways, for the ways of darkness, I'm not going to lose my life for that. I'm not going to give up my life for that. Now that we've understood that, let's jump back here into context and finish this passage up. At that time, at the same time, I'm giving you a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. So the best way to stay in the light is to stay next near the person who is the light. Got it? The best way to stay in the light is to stay near the person who is shining, who is the true light is now shining, who is the light. So if I maintain a relationship with the person who is the light, that very slim chances that I'm going to live in darkness. So living in the light is relational. It's relational. And then it is also expositional. It, your, 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 light is expo your life is exposed and then you are able to be honest with God. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. Circle stumbling. Now we're getting to the, to the nitty gritty of what it means to walk in the light. Why does God want you to not hate your brother? Why does God want you to love your brother. When we say brother, you're talking about someone who is in the family, somebody who's in your in in the church, somebody who's who's who's, who's also uh, saved. It's hard to love believers. It's hard to love those who are uh, who also claim to know Christ, but sometimes don't live like it. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. What is love? To know and to sacrifice. So when I know how much I'm forgiven, when I know how much has been vested in me, when I know what God has in store for me, and when I know that God is for me and not against me, then I can love my brother and sacrifice for my brother easily, freely, uh, generously. Now, going back, taking this verse backwards, whoever loves his brother abides in the light, okay? And if you abide in the light, if you stay in the light, here's your benefit. In him, in him, in the brother, in you, in him, there is no cause for stumbling. Think about that for just a minute, please. In him, there is no cause for stumbling. My brother and sister, my dear friend, sin doesn't come from outside. Sin doesn't come from other people. Sin comes from inside me. When I walk in the light and I know what has been done for me, I know who I am in Christ. I know how much I'm forgiven. When that's always in front of me, then I can love my brother as if I am in the light. But when I'm in darkness, I myself can't see my own faults, my own issues, my own attitudes, my own encumbrances, then how can I love my brother? How can I forgive him when I am not experiencing forgiveness? When I am not remembering that I am forgiven, how can I forgive him? How can I be patient with somebody else when I forget how much God is being patient with me? So when I'm in the light, 
I'm well aware of my state. And knowing my state, no, I am able to sacrifice what is not what what it means nothing to me in the long run in order to love my brother. And when I do that, I have lesser reason to stumble. I have uh, there is no cause. Underline that there is no cause for stumbling. So we set ourselves up for sin. I'm going to say it again. We set ourselves up for sin. We, we don't just sin because, you know, people are so annoying. People are difficult. People are hateful. We, we sin because we want to. We stumble because we want to. We want to be in the dark. We want to not be, we want to ignore what, what should be known and, and not sacrifice what should be sacrificed. That's hate. So he, he, he then turns the camera to three audiences. And these three audiences are three maturity levels. And we'll just go through this and, and we're and close. These are three maturity levels. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. See, that's the problem. That's the problem. When you're in the light, you see things that allow you to treat people in a certain way, which reduces the reasons for you to stumble. When you're in the dark, you don't see things about yourself, about your life, about your attitudes, which makes you stumble, which makes you want to hate people more. So you create more opportunities and more reasons to, to fall out of relationships with people. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So you just get cleaner and opener, cleaner and more tra transparent and you, and, you, and you clean out the relationships that you have with people. Let's talk to three maturity levels. Number one, verse 12. I'm writing to you little children. That's those who are new in the faith. What do you know? What do you know? What do you know? You know that your sins are forgiven for your namesake. So when a believer, when a person becomes a believer for the first time, the first thing he begins to see in front of him is the cross. The first thing he begins to see in front of him is the cross. And he begins to relate to people based on the cross. I love my brother because of the cross. I forgive my brother because of the cross. I don't forget the cross. The cross is in front of me. Those who live in the light are always looking through red. Uh, looking through red glasses, the blood of Christ. They're always looking through clean glasses. They have an insatiable capacity to forgive. I'm going to say that again. Those who walk in the light are always seeing what Jesus has done for them and never forget how much they are forgiven. And so they have an insatiable ability to forgive. Do you struggle with forgiveness? You're walking in darkness. Little children, you're just starting out. The first thing you do is you live with the cross in front of you. You look at people through red-colored glasses, to, to stained, red-stained glasses. This is the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's talk to the fathers. Number, verse 13. I'm writing to you, fathers. What do you know? What do you know? What do you know? Because you know him who is from the beginning. Him who is from the beginning. You know God. You know that God is eternal and you are not. You know that God has been there from the beginning and knows everything. 
you know that god is eternal and you and you are you are just a spot in eternity so your perspective is mature your perspective is is heaven down you know and you understand what god knows and understands in the sense of you know that god is above all things he's in control of all things he's in control of all outcomes fathers behave like fathers act like fathers nourish like fathers lead like fathers don't be insecure little boys getting back at your at your at, at those who are younger than you those who are in your family be spiritual fathers show them what it's like to 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 nurture them by by nurturing them show them what it's like to be like christ behave like you have been walking with christ for a long time show them maturity what do you know what do you know what do you know you know him who is from the beginning next generation i'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one okay so believers live first by looking at the cross and they live in that gratitude that they have been saved now they want to forgive everybody they want to set right everything the next is you start defeating the wicked one you start defeating the flesh you start seeing victories in your life you start seeing victories in your life so now you are showing some victory some strength some spiritual power in your life you're beginning to get a hold of your senses you're beginning to get a hold of your sensuality you're beginning to get a hold of your uh, your 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 weaknesses you're on top of it i mean you know you're able to you you're beginning to show some some maturity and some some victory in your life you're able to get on top of things so i'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one you figured out how this wicked one works the satan you figured out how he tempts you you figured out how he knows what you know your weaknesses you've started to figure out his game and you're now beginning to win at his game fathers little children young men now he repeats the whole process again he says i write to you children because you know the father because you know the father i write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning repetition i write to you young men because you are strong you are growing you are becoming stronger with every punch you are becoming stronger with every punch from the wicked one you are coming back with greater force because you are a man of prayer because you're a man of love because you're a man of sacrifice because you know and you sacrifice you know and you sacrifice for that and for the people whom god loves and god knows i i write to you young men because you are strong how are you strong my brothers how are you strong young men the word it with me the word of god abides in you read it with me again the word of god abides in you that's how you're strong that is how you are strong you are not strong because you have a strong will power oh god help your will power you are not strong because the circumstances are are favorable you are not strong because you stay away from temptation you are strong because temptation stays away from you there's no point coming near you i write to you young men why because you are strong you are winning victory you are experiencing you figured the wicked one out and how have you figured the wicked one out how have you figured satan's ploys because the word of god abides in you and you have said with me overcome the evil one hallelujah you have overcome the evil one brothers john is saying 
I'm talking to family here. I'm talking to those who are in the light. If you say you are in the light, it's going to show up in your victory over your self, self. It's going to show up in how you place yourself in, in relation to how you place Christ. Giving people Jesus is loving them. Giving people yourself is hating them. Because you are selling yourself and you are sacrificing what you should never give away for the things and the people of the world. You need to be giving them Jesus. And I know there's a whole lot more uh, explanation to that. But once you've understood the love and hate conundrum, you begin to understand what John is saying about men of God. Little children, if you're just starting out, keep the cross in front of you. Fathers, keep the eternal God in front of you. Young men, keep the word of God in front of you. Wherever you are, you need to see, you need to know. And what you know and what you sacrifice proves you are living in the light. If you're in the darkness, first two things to go is you will not know or you will ignore and you will not sacrifice or you will sacrifice for the wrong things. In all of that, one thing would have stood out to you. <clears throat> one thing would have stood out to you. One thing would have hit you. One thing would have come alive in your, in your, in your heart. In all of those things, something would have gripped your heart. Because every time the word of God is spoken, the Holy Spirit goes deeper into your heart. So look for what is God is telling your heart and not just what God is telling your mind. Look for, don't look for guilt. Look for conviction. And ask God, Lord, if this is for me, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to change? Is there any area of my life I'm still living in the dark? And what does it mean to come into the light? Uh, embrace verse 7, chapter 1, verse 7, chapter 1, verse 9, and return to a place of strength. Fathers, I'm speaking to you because you know him who is from the beginning. Young men, I'm speaking to you because the word of God is in you. Children, I'm speaking to you because you have seen the cross and you know the cross. 